Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And as promised, threatened, uh, as we plan to <laughs> accept the will of inevitability, <laughs> we're now uh, watching season four of Wise Guy. Uh, episode one and two, although I guess it's just considered one episode, even though it's two hours and in syndication, it airs as two episodes. Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Yes, they did another movie to uh, kick off uh, season four in their new main character. Uh, Santana. Yeah. Oh, Michael no. Santana. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, no, we made it. Uh made it. I think although, I mean, as we as we go along, it's pretty I mean, you know, if it wasn't that it was called Wise Guy, they could do some interesting things here. They could have done. They could have even kept Frank, you know. I oh, I yeah. don't I, I it was it was weird because they just changed it after this basically you have an arc to yeah. start everything off for what's-his-face. For Michael Santana. <laughs> and then someone decided that wasn't working. So in a couple episodes, we're going to talk about them completely abandoning the premise of the show. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, it's always this business of, well, why? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And that's that's what you're stuck with. You're just like, well... Why did they completely abandon the premise of their own show and try to do something utterly different? And I mean, it is possible you can say it's because they figured just doing the same show wasn't working with this this new character. But I mean, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know unless you actually try? And you didn't. You did one story that was, you know, six episodes long about this guy's, you know, personal life. You didn't actually try saying, okay, well, what if he got involved in a criminal organization and had to infiltrate it yeah. in the traditional way of these shows? But, all right, uh, let's just get into it. Uh, <laughs> there's, nothing to, there's nothing to do but get into it. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, so the, the show opens. <laughs> Excuse me. It's fine. Uh, so the show opens with Michael Santana as a crusading uh, U.S. attorney. Yeah. Serving a warrant on a drug kingpin. And in in serving that warrant, we get, I mean, I don't want to be too mean here, but just a terrible action scene. <laughs> it looks well, like garbage. Yeah, it does. The whole thing looks, I mean, I must say they probably didn't have very much money it feels like their budget has been cut yes i mean that if there's one thing to say about this episode it feels like their budget's been cut well and i mean it, it honestly <laughs> looks like they've uh they've switched from using film to video yep. and haven't learned how to make that look okay yeah <laughs> because the show looks so cheap this season well da vinci didn't exist <laughs> yes, exactly, right? They, people didn't know how to color time for video just yet. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is part of the thing. And it's like, it can be done, but it's hard to do at this point. I mean, yeah. now, there's no reason to use film. Everything looks perfect, as long as you know what you're doing and know how to use the software. 
Uh, Everything looks perfect, whether you, whatever you film on, you don't have to use film, but like it didn't have to look this bad. Like this, it actively looks bad. And I mean, the action scene, it's, it's terribly choreographed. It looks awful. It's conceptually uninteresting. It's badly shot. Like you're like, Wise Guy has never been a show with a lot of action scenes. No, and that's... yeah, and I think that's fundamental. It's just not a show where a lot. Of, I mean, despite the premise, there's not a lot of action she- scenes in the show. And when people get shot, it ain't a situation of a giant gunfight; just someone gets shot. <laughs> Whereas it, here, yeah. they're trying to do action, and it is just not working. Well, they're trying to Miami Vice it without the budget the Miami Vice had. <laughs> Yeah, Miami Vice had a lot of money for those shootouts. I mean, the color on that. Oh, even God. even even CSI Miami. Yeah, that's true. You yeah, would like have. They, yeah. they really know how to use Miami in those shows. Yeah, and in this this one, you're going. Well, yeah, that's a nice shot, I guess. Yeah, but, but there's nothing special about it. There's nothing to make you jump up and down and say, "Wow, they know what they're doing." And and it does transfer. I will tell you that it is partly the transfer from, you know, video to because I'm watching it on the DVDs, of course. Right. And you can. And that's where it is just so noticeable. The step down. Yeah. That the transfer was from film you know to back in the other episodes and now like it's just it's video a, it's mp4 basically mp4s right yeah. and and that looks okay there are issues. good there are issues with the but, old episodes of wise guy but it, it has a consistent look and it has great lighting yeah and this one you're just going okay so changing it well this explains why when we take our videotapes and we try to turn them into mp4s they don't look very good (laughs) it it does feel that way yeah it is the same kind of washed out quality yeah there's the color's just not there yeah even when you um even when you have done it at you know uh the the densest speed possible on your videotape and what we were doing would have been what to some extent i mean yes we were taking it well it was still a direct feed like it's not like we were filming well we were recording on the highest possible quality on a direct cable feed whereas they're going from the masters to quarter inch tape so obviously they've got better quality stuff but not as much better quality as you'd think no no that's exactly it yeah you know? no they really didn't have as as great quality as you would want them to so uh they arrest the drug kingpin right yeah and they're like this is going to uh this is going to massively undercut the cartels coming out of Colombia. this is a great deal let's go for it uh so then we cut to four months later and the prosecution is well underway oh and uh Michael Santana is sleeping with his uh, partner in the prosecution. I mean, uh, uh, the character Cecil Hoffman plays. Blanking on her name at the moment, the character, but that's not important. Uh, Who cares? It's not, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that character later. Uh, She has very little to do these first two episodes, it's safe to say. Uh, And then after that, she still has very little to do. Hey, remember how wise guy doesn't write great women? Oh, here's here's something funny. Go. 
okay, what I, because I was, I don't know, I was putting away dishes. I don't know. I was doing something while I'm listening to it. Yeah. And when it starts, when it first starts, and then the first time you hear Cecil Hoffman and stuff, and I'm going, do you know that they had a type? It didn't matter whether they had um, blonde hair or dark hair or whatever. Yeah. But her voice, it's her voice and the way she articulates. Right. I'm going, so that's what it is. And that's, that's what they're looking for in these women. And that's what, what made Patty Darmanville so different. She is the only one that doesn't fit. Yeah, have that exact she, same kind of. And, yeah, and I would have speaking. ever, like watching her, I don't think I would have ever noticed it. It but was just listening. And I was just listening and I went all of a sudden. But this sounds so much like the undercover cop in the first season. Yeah. This sounds so much like. Like Susan. The girlfriend and Susan and stuff. There's something in their intonation. And delivery, yeah. And delivery that seems to be whoever is doing the casting. Because That's what they want from the women. A casting agent only, right, yeah. sends them potentials. Absolutely. Somebody has to make the make final that decision. Yeah. So somebody is is looking for, and it may be that they don't even know that that's what they're looking for. <laughs> it's entirely possible. You know, that they like, have this possible. that they have this preference in how the sound is, uh, in how these women sound and deliver lines and talk talk that, as you say, they're just not aware of, which is a crazy idea, but entirely possible. Because they're all good. I mean, yeah. there's no question that they are all good actresses. Of course. I, I can't complain that Cecil but Hoffman... It's, well. No, no. Oh, she's not... But it's all the exact same type. Yeah, exactly. Like, just the, the way... Oh, because she's talking to him at the, at, you know, at the... Um, Hearing? Warehouse. When he oh, starts, when the, to do the warehouse later, yeah. When he starts, when he starts working for the Aeroflot or Arrow, whatever. Again. The Aero Libertad. Uh-huh. Yeah, because remember, it's all about uh, Cuban yeah. independence. Yeah, we've got Russia on our mind these days. Yeah, <laughs> do we ever? Uh, but anyway, so yes, uh, they're having an affair, right? And he uh, <laughs> he gets a visit from a cop. Uh, he gets a visit from a cop, the cop who got them the information about where the drug kingpin was holed up, and the cop confesses that. Yeah, he didn't get that information willingly from a confidential informant the way he said he did. He beat a guy viciously to get that info. And now that guy is suing him. And so he's worried it's going to come out. And that's why he's telling Michael. And obviously, the minute you meet this guy, you're like, oh, he's been paid off. Like, that's literally the first thing you think. I was going to say, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's clear the guy's been paid off. Yeah, it is. And I don't know why that doesn't immediately occur to Michael. Yeah, Michael, that's stupid. No, he shouldn't be. Yeah, like, he, he really... It, it's, never, it's never brought up, ever. Yeah, like, this guy, I, the way he's acting, oh, 100% he was paid off okay, by the cartels. Here's, here's the, it, it, the thing, yeah. right? And then there's the judge, because I kept thinking to myself, 
you know, this really, okay, a disbarment for this? Yeah, for not uh, uh, immediately turning this over. Because, because the cop only came at the last minute when the trial was right at the end. Yeah, literally, literally the jury had gone to do deliberation. Yeah. And the, this the guy shows up. Already yeah. up and then he shows up. Exactly. You know, so yes, he should have. Maybe this is a suspension for a couple of years. He's never done anything like this before. No, but like this is disbarred. You know, this is and worth then disbarring going, somebody over. Okay, so is the judge also sort of on the take? You uh, gotta wonder, just given how ready she and, is to let this, you know, murderous drug kingpin go. Yeah, and what I'm thinking, like, I was thinking, okay, that's how you could have set this thing up so it was still wise guy. Yeah, if you that, wanted that, to dig into that corruption. Yeah, that there, that there is something with this cop, for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely, maybe the judge, because I'm sure that she has over. And then I thought, well, yes, maybe it could be that the judge did this so that he could, right? Get involved get involved just like Vinny had to go to jail for 18 months yep right to set up his cover that this was setting up the cover but what happens of course that'll be next next uh time on yeah. wise guy <laughs> yeah but but like i thought okay you could have made this very different but they had to do something about saying goodbye to Vinny. Yes. But they could have still kept all of, like, I could, when I was watching it this time, I'm going, because they don't watch it very often. Season of course not. Four. Why would you watch season four? You know, as much as I like Stephen Bauer and other things, it just. It, oh, Stephen it, Bauer's great. And if people don't know who Stephen Bauer is, uh, he's uh, uh, the Ray, Ray Donovan's henchman on Ray Donovan. That's mm -hmm. Stephen Bauer. He is a fascinating guy because he is half Cuban and half Israeli, right? And for his entire career, he's been as legal, equally likely to play a Hispanic character or an Israeli character. A Mossad. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, he was, I mean, you know, the movie Munich. Yeah. He was in the TV movie of that sort of yeah. Gideon playing the same part that Eric Bana played. And he's fantastic. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a really good movie. Yeah. Like I can think it's funny, eh? Watching it because we've had a break. Yeah. And I think this we stepped away from it. We stepped away after the end of season three and we just decided to finish off Vincenzo. Yeah. Um, Which I think was the right choice. And yeah, no, it was the right choice because I come to this with with a break. Exactly. We have a little distance from the amazing last arc of Wise Guy. Yeah, you know, Volchek. Oh, you know, Mark Volchek. Volchek. One, of the, one of the best <laughs> characters they ever had, Mark Volchek. Yeah, and it's so like Mark this. This they hired. They hired a big name guy. They hired Maximilian Schell to be in this. I know. And you know he's great. Oh yeah, no, no, he. <laughs> but he's he fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's Maximilian Schell. Is. Yeah, he's always fantastic. Yeah. As Guzman. Oh, I love him. Now, you know what I always love? Every time I hear Guzman, all I yeah. can do is go back to um, that play. Oh, yes. Gutman in um, in uh, Camino Real. 
Yeah, when he's yes, you know, I I don't know why. I know it's the first thing you think of when you hear because it's such a similar name. I get it. I get it. Yeah, and Uh, the characters, of course. Oh no, very similar (laughs) characters too. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so Stephen uh, Stephen Bowers' character Michael is disbarred, and then we cut to two years later. I think it's two years later. No, three years. Oh God, no, five years later. Because it's uh, yeah, because this is all happening. In 1987, so it's years later, right? Uh, yeah, and we cut to it, and now it's back to New York, and back to Vinny, and back to what's going on there. And what's going on there? <laughs> Frank is being taken out of the field. He has survived his injury, and he's now out at dinner getting the news that he's not going to be a field supervisor anymore. Now, remember, he had already been promoted Right, he had already yes. been promoted to assistant director, right? So he's already he's already got this promotion. It's just he was still working the field because he and Vinny were a team. Yeah. And Vinny was still, as they say, their long ball hitter, so they had to keep him in the field. And Vinny had been promoted, uh, you know, but they needed him in the field as well. So it's like this has all been set up, that it was time to segue Frank out. But then when Frank's obviously not happy about it because... As we have established about the character, and this is consistent, he's in this for the action. Yes. You know, he is, he's addicted to it. He's addicted to it as much as any of them are addicted to this. He loves the action. He loves the thrill. He loves the danger. He loves, you know, the competition with other men. You know, that's, that's all a part of it. It's all a part of why he became a cop and it's all a part of why he stays a cop. Right. And so he's obviously hesitant. And then... You know, serendipitously. (laughs) (laughs) A little, you know. You know, serendipitously, almost as if someone were writing it, while he's... (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll stop doing these bits. Uh, No, I I, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. No, it's like, because it's the perfect dramatic moment for this to happen in a really obvious way. But like literally during the, the meal where they're talking about this, that's when he gets a phone call from Lifeguard saying that uh, Vinny has missed a check-in. Yeah. So he goes to check in on Vinny and finds that Vinny has disappeared from his uh, house, right? Uh, Well, his mother's house, but you know, he lives there now. No, she turned it over. Oh, you're right. She turned it over to him when uh, she and Rudy got married. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's his house. It is his house now. He has disappeared and a white handprint has been left on a door. Ta-da! Do, 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 do. <laughs> You're going to uh, see that white hand print a lot. <laughs> yes. Every commercial break, they're like, hey, remember the white hand print? No, I get it. Don't, I get it, okay? <laughs> you don't need to keep telling me about the white hand print. Well, I mean, this is, this is why when everything's going to syndication, sometimes they don't put the commercials where they should be like it, it can feel that way i watch no i watch columba yeah and it's clear they've added a commercial. a commercial break yeah no 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 this is where the commercial is coming but yeah. on vision right they put the commercial they never put the commercial in the logical place where it originally in the was. place in the original thing because there's a change of setting there's a change of mood there's there's always you some- had the uh you had that moment where 
Columbo finds something out and we get a dramatic music sting and it's obviously supposed to go to commercial yeah. and it just doesn't. And then it doesn't, it just keeps going on. And the commercial comes in the middle of something stupid. But anyway, yeah. never mind. You know, but this, the white hand, I mean, it's also obvious when you watch uh, Wise Guy, but yeah. in here, they did it deliberately. Yeah. Here's the white hand. Let's go to commercial. Here's the white hand. We're Let's back. Let's go to commercial. commercial. Yeah, I know. No, we're back from commercial. Oh, yeah, we're back. Um, right. Ugh. Oh. It's frustrating. It was, it was, it was weird. It was a weird choice. It was a very weird choice. I, I don't know. I think they were trying to distinguish themselves. I mean, they certainly had, they had a, a new arrangement for the music. Yeah. Right. And so I think they were trying to do something a little different. But, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they, have, they have changed it to a Latin themed version of the wise guy theme. Yeah, and I don't know why they, instead of doing Vinny in New York, they couldn't do Stephen Bauer in Miami because obviously, although maybe there was a real put here, maybe there was a real push from the Cuban community. <laughs> Who knows? Because they it's have very a interesting, powerful amount of control there. Absolutely, in in Florida. Um, oh yeah, around Miami and the rest of it. Maybe they didn't like because. This is not uh, a kind. It, this is a, uh, this is the next few episodes are not a kind portrayal of the anti uh, Castro movement. And that is the nicest oh. way of saying it. Yeah. That's the nicest way of saying it. Well, All so right. So <laughs> but anyway, we'll get to it. Uh, I mean, that's, that's subsequent episodes. We'll get there. Uh, well, it's even here, you can oh, it does, no, it starts that. here, but it is subsequent oh. episodes where that really digs in. Uh, so, yeah, so we start off, uh, he goes to visit Carlotta and Rudy, who, you know, live just around the corner still. They've come back to New York. And they've come back to New York. And, they're, uh, and in there, they meet a woman whose son has been murdered. Yes. And her son is a priest working in El Salvador. Da, 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 da. Oh. oh, my God. And... Again, it's it's really brutal to hear because he just talks about the people that the government is murdering for yeah. really whatever reason it feels like. Yeah. I mean, you can say that because they think they're uh, leftists, but honestly, sometimes it's just because they're there, because they want something. And it's like it is it is a massacre of monstrous performance uh, performance. Oh, my God. Proportions that was going on down there. It's it. uh it was a night. Go, I mean, back, go back and read the history books. Yeah, or watch the movie Salvador. Yeah, or watch the movie <laughs> Salvador. Yeah. I mean, I know people don't like uh, supporting James Woods these days, and they shouldn't. He's scum. But it's a damn fine movie. Does it? Yes. It's a damn <laughs> fine movie about that uh, subject. Like, if you don't know what happened in El Salvador, whew, it is, it's a nightmare. Like, and it I is think a that today monstrous people, nightmare. People will watch and think that that a priest being killed is wouldn't happen. And of course, I mean, for God's sake, there were a whole bunch of nuns killed at one point. Yep. Oh yeah, they they killed just you know, a bunch a, of nuns. A yep, they attacked a convent. Like it's literally the kind of stuff these people were doing. They were horrific monsters down in El Salvador, and now, uh, it's the the country is being run by a banker idiot who made crypto their national currency. 
Yes, not their national, like accepted as legal tender and massively invested the company in crypto. Like, Jesus. Like, are you uh, stupid? Are things ever like are things ever going to go well for El Salvador? Is all you can think when you hear this kind of news. You know, it's like, are they yeah. ever going to catch a break? But the answer seems to be no. Uh, so yes, they. Uh, so Vinny, he got called Vinny. At, well, she had put them in touch because they all come to the same church. So Carlotta had put her in touch with oh, Vinny got, because the the priest had needed right some help. No, and remember, it's because the priest went to school with Vinny. Exactly. With, yeah. with Pete. With Pete, yeah. He went to with seminary Pete. with Pete. Yes. He went to seminary with yeah. Pete. So, so he, knew to, he knew to reach out. And yeah. so the guy was accused of running guns for leftist guerrillas, and he was executed, right, publicly. And now they're like, okay, Vinny's looking into it. Is Vinny in danger? And, of course, Vinny had uh, called in some names to lifeguard. And he wanted to keep it on the QT so Frank didn't know about it. Yeah. And this is and so now we know Vinny was looking into something in Central America. Now he's mysteriously disappeared, and the white hand on the wall is the sign of a Salvadoran death squad. Yeah. And this is your first clue that there's something rotten in the exactly. state of Mark. Oh yeah. Like this is, yeah, this because, is a real bad sign. Because he was just beginning. And they got him before he even went. I mean, he hadn't even done anything at this point. Yeah. Really. Called in some, he had just called in a search on some names. And so you're like, wait a minute. How did the Salvadorans even know about that? If he had all Vinny had done is called in a background check on some goons from a death squad. Yeah. And, you know, the only other person he talked to was Stephen Bauer. Yep. But yeah, he, and this is, by the way, this is how we get back to Santana. He had yeah. called uh, Stephen Bauer to ask him some questions. And the connection here, the reason they all know each other is because Stephen Bauer, as you remember, Vinny went to jail for 18 months, yeah. right? Vinny went to jail for 18 months. And obviously that was all a setup. So they yeah. needed a U.S. attorney to fake prosecute the case. And it turns out Stephen Bauer, Michael Santana, is the one who prosecuted the case. Yeah. So that's how they all know each other. That's that is the organic way, and I gotta say, it's a fairly organic way of getting everybody yeah. to already know each other. I can't I can't complain about that from a writing oh. standpoint. Like, yeah, no, that actually all logically tracks. So yeah, very good job uh, by them on that front, at least. <laughs> I'm not going to be complimenting the show a ton, but so what does Frank do? You know, he immediately rushes down to Miami to talk to Michael Santana. Yeah, makes and sense. Yeah, and of course you get the uh, the fun reversal that he assumes Michael Santana's, you know, doing high-priced something down there because he was always a flashy dude, and instead he finds him living on a houseboat with his girlfriend who runs a cocktail bar. Oh, she owns the bar. I, you're right. She owns the cocktail bar. Yes, and remember- sings there, and sings there. Don't forget that she's, oh, she's also a- singing there. Okay. Remember, she's a really good singer. I mean, oh, she's a fantastic kind of, singer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for whatever else we will say about her role in this show, which is uh, that so she's hard. not a very good actress and she has nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> like a questionable actress with no part to play. Other than that, she is an amazing singer and an yeah. amazing performer. Yeah. yeah, like she's fantastic. Yeah. Like the, she's oh. she she gets two songs in this episode, and there's a reason she gets two songs in this episode. 
But it's like, after her two songs in this episode, the show doesn't have the slightest idea what to do with her. No. Like, it just doesn't. Well, she doesn't fit the mold. No, she doesn't fit the mold of the kind of women they like to tell stories about. I say yeah. women, woman, because as you say, it's always the same woman. It's always the same woman. Yeah, you're absolutely oh, right. Yeah, and um, except for yeah. Amber. And, except for Amber. And this, and this one, and this, Amber, well... They had to create this storyline. That was fine. Yep. But this one, they, they just didn't know. They gave him a Spanish common law wife. They've been yep. living together long enough that they're common law. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yes. And of course, the father, you know, looks at her and harks back to his own wife before, Ca- before, before Castro. Castro took over yeah, and destroyed everything. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Their life was wonderful. Everything was perfect before Castro took over. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, you know, that's another yeah. conversation. Well, no, you know what it is? No, but it is setting it up. I mean, I, I, I can, I can watch the setup. Yeah. Because, you know, in the beginning, you're getting very much the, the, the Cuban side of the story. This, this um how castro destroyed their entire life and their way of life even ordinary people yeah right like that's what we get in maximilian shell's speech oh yes and and people buy it yeah you know um and they they love it and Mm -hmm. um, so yeah um the undermining it's very well done like it's i i feel like the as you say like it's it's it will be very critical of the anti-Castro community eventually and how it had just become a puppet of American. Uh, I mean, it really yeah, yeah. is about imperialism, how it's like, it's just, they, people use the story of being against Castro to promote American imperialism, which is what friggin' Castro was fighting against in the first place. Like you're making Castro's point for him, American exp- uh, imperialist. Well, no, okay. and that's, but, and that, that arc that still fits with the tenor of the show. Oh, absolutely! Across that we've come to expect mm-hmm. in the Finney stories. Oh, absolutely! Right, this critique of American imperialism, American capitalism. There's a constant critique, critique, and oh, this is in line with it. Absolutely, it's still in line with the arc. Yeah. And that, which is why I go, guess what? Oh, yeah. Maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe they were forced to stop complaining about capitalism. It's not that impossible. They might've thought, you see, they might've thought, well, let's move it with Stephen Bauer and let's go to Miami and let's go to, right. Cause they've all seen CSI Miami and they've all seen not Miami. CSI Vice. Miami. <laughs> oh, not no. CSI Miami yet, but they've not all yet. seen Miami no. Vice. It's, yeah. it's hot. It's a, it's a great location. It looks great. And yeah. people won't, you know, people won't notice the story as much. Yeah. We got all know. these beautiful oh. people running around South Beach. Yeah. But then you got to give them, then you got to give them the money to make it yeah, look. actually good. make it look good. Nice. All right. So. My advice was. Oh, I know. I mean, the, the money they had to spend on that show. <laughs> well, that's why it got canceled the minute it dropped in the ratings. Cause it's like, it was so expensive to make. So, well, it's uh, those, those Ferraris. Oh, yeah, they weren't. They had to make fake 
Well, yeah, they had to make a fake Ferrari because they couldn't afford a Ferrari the, the first well, they, season. Yeah, and and then and, when they blew them up. Yeah, when they always had to blow up fake ones, right? They yeah. Couldn't. Well, actually, the funny story about that is in the first season they wanted to have a Ferrari, but they couldn't afford a Ferrari. And so what you could actually do, and this is a fun fact, you can um, go to a company and say, if you've got a Corvette of a certain build, you can go to a company and say, hey, uh, sell me the body of a Ferrari that I can pull off all the panels of my Corvette and pretend it's a Ferrari. And that's that's how he had a Ferrari in the first season. It was just fiberglass panels that look like a Ferrari on top of his Corvette. Yeah. And so after the first season, Ferrari was kind of pissed about this kit car being used. And they're like, well, send us a Ferrari then. Yeah. And they did. They did for a Ferrari. But every time there was an accident, it was one of those kit cars. And every time there was a car chase, it was one of those kit cars. Because they couldn't risk the one Ferrari they actually had. I know. Miami Vice was a hell of a show if you haven't seen it. Yes. Even if it did go bananas at the end but. yeah it went really off the rails at the end but i mean well, a lot of shows do yeah yeah well they they you know so they're gonna blow everything at the end because yeah. well what the hell it's over it's over why not so uh frank goes to see michael right and he asks what was Vinny into and, v and he tells him that Vinny was asking about this airline that he'd never heard of Yes. And that's it. Like, that's that's all he's willing to say. He says, I don't have any information. He was asking about this airline. You know, um, Frank tries to give him the speech about how you used to believe in something and you used to fight for things and, you know, come back and help me out with this. And obviously we know Santana is being swayed by this. It's a TV show. <laughs> He's the, but, lead. You know, he's the lead. He's the lead. He's the lead. It's a TV show. Obviously, he's being swayed by this, but he doesn't give any evidence that he's being swayed by this just no. yet. No, he's very good at playing his cards close to his vest. Yeah, he's uh, he's holding out for the time being. Uh, and, and I want to point out, like, I'm going to say a lot of bad stuff about where the show goes and how they're squandering stuff. But Stephen Bauer is a very good actor. Oh, yeah. Like, he really is. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like now we've got a whole generation who know him as the uh, the evil mob boss from Breaking Bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, his breakthrough role was being uh, Manny from um, uh, from Scarface. <laughs> yeah, from the guy from Scarface, like the guy who comes yeah, with yeah. Al Pacino from Cuba to start a drug empire in Scarface. Like yeah. that was that was where he known. So uh, Michael goes that very night. Michael goes to a dinner that his father is running, right? And it is all about all of the veterans of the Bay of Pigs getting together once a year to, you know, curse Castro's name and reminisce about the time that they were all brutally slaughtered in their desperate attempt to take back their homeland. So it's like, it is this real genuine lost cause narrative thing. I mean, it's not as bad as the actual lost cause people. You know, it's not, it, they're not, you know, Confederates, but that's exactly the kind of vibe you get from the meeting. It's like they, the guys who were unfairly robbed of their birthright kind of thing. And who gives a speech? Except Maximilian Schell. Oh. Who, I mean, it's a great speech and he delivers it beautifully. But as you say, 
It's about the myth-making of how wonderful things were before Castro took over. About how, you know, it's like, my you know, my mother, like, ran a store and my father was a, a small, like, a small-time government official. And then these filthy, you know, filthy monsters came charging out of the mountains and destroyed everything. And we had to flee. And it was just, you know, the, the story of all of the beautiful stuff they lost yes. when uh, Castro took over. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because I hearken back then to um, the Beyond Borders Cuba episode. If you really want us want to hear the history of some of this, <laughs> yes. um, you can go and listen to us talk about Beyond trashing, Borders. Trashing Beyond Borders episode on Cuba. It's like, you ever wonder why we have such a problem with the showrunner of Criminal Minds. It ain't about what she did running Criminal Minds. Nope. I mean, we don't like what she did there, but we don't hate her because of that. No. We hate her because of Beyond Borders. And this was the worst episode of Beyond Borders. Yeah, we, we clocked it as the the episode on Cuba was the worst episode. Oh, yeah. Because that, it is such an insane right-wing fantasy. Yes. I mean, oh, anyway, well, we're not going to get yeah. back into that no, again. No. We've you spent enough time through. yelling about that. People can just go listen to us there. Yeah, Beyond Borders. It's the Criminal end Minds the Beyond Borders. The, yeah, so the end of the first season. 12, 13, episode 12, 13. In the Somewhere first. around there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's bad. <laughs> it was. It was, it was a nightmare, like that was. episode. Unbelievable. Wow. Mind you, it got our adrenaline going all the time, that show. <laughs> I know, it really did. I hate really gets your adrenaline going. We're talking, and you can tell that this show is not getting our adrenaline going because we're talking about everything else. But I know. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like, there's good stuff in these four episodes. Yeah. There is. Oh, not four episodes. This uh, first arc, it's six episodes. In this arc, there's... There's actually good stuff in here. It's just, what is it in service of? And it doesn't feel like Wise Guy. So, and it never went anywhere. So. And it never goes anywhere. Yeah, and yeah. that is the real problem. He's so Michael goes that. to his father. Uh, Michael yeah. goes to his father and says, um, I'm done being a bum. Because his father is disappointed, right? Obviously, that he uh, isn't a never. lawyer anymore. Well, that he didn't fight the charges. <laughs> and then he didn't fight the charges and all that. And so... Yeah. So he says to his father, uh, I don't want to be a bum anymore. Please let me come and work for Aero Libertad. Because Maximilian Schell owns Aero Libertad. But uh, we don't know father, that. We don't know that yet. But I mean, no. duh. Uh, but Michael's father runs the company for him. Yeah. Right? Because he was the guy handling logistics and fighting at the Bay of Pigs. And... You know, spoiler alert, Maximilian Schell was the, the rich guy doing transpo for the CIA, right? Organizing the the boats and planes necessary to get the troops there for the Bay of Pigs. And if you've uh, wondered why I'm bringing up the CIA, yeah, it's it's not accidental. No, no, we'll, we'll meet the CIA soon enough. All right. And so here's where things get slightly confusing. Uh, so Frank goes to check out Aero Libertad because... Turns out they're the people who run, or sorry, who own the same company that Vinny was looking into. Like, the company he was looking into uh, that had moved the the Death Squad guys up to New York, uh, that were moving them around, the Death Squad guys around, 
that company is owned by Aero Libertad. It is a tiny regional firm that they own. So there's a connection to Vinny. And he goes to watch the place and he finds out that Michael, who said he knew nothing about that company, is suddenly working for Aero Libertad. And he finds that unbelievably suspicious, as he should. Yes. Like he is absolutely right to find this incredibly suspicious. And meanwhile, in kind of an amazing coincidence, uh, Cecil Hoffman also works there. <laughs> but it does get explained later. It does get explained later, but it's like... It doesn't, she doesn't accept <laughs> yeah. the explanation, but Stephen Bauer tells yeah. her why she's working there. Exactly. Uh, but, it, but yeah, it is. But it's just, I, I, it's interesting that in addition to being, um, and this is, it's not the most contrived thing in the world, but it's like this, uh, this white upper class wasp lady and Stephen, uh, right. And Michael have apparently known each other forever. Yeah. You know, like to the point where, as she says, like, um, this, uh, the 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 maximilian shell character was like a surrogate parent for her after her father died and i'm like how did she come and gone how did like these rich new york people get all bundled up with these you know cuban shady cuban millionaires and i was like i don't know that that's ever adequately explained well you know her parents took her down to down to Florida in the And summer. I guess they had business with him, but it's well, like... Well, not just business, but they would have traveled in the same circles because remember, he became wealthy. Yeah. We don't know this. He's he's wealthy. He's a massive philanthropist. Take a look at the friggin' bank building he owns. I know. Love that he's a set. banker, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's so, a high-class banker. So, okay. They moved in the same circles. They moved in the same circles, right? <laughs> and... And he, he was the lower class guy because he's only in these circles because his dad is army buddies with Maximilian Shell and so works his company and runs yeah. his company for him. Yeah. And so Michael really is like the poor kid who doesn't belong with all these rich people. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does work. It just, she is such a New York person. And oh my God, when we meet her mother, like they're such, <laughs> they are such... Gilmore Girls, New York uh, Wasps. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. How did she end up with Stephen Bauer? How did she, in know. Cuba with Stephen Bauer? You know, I'm like, come on. This is preposterous. Uh, but you just, it's one of those things that you're just asked to accept. And I basically <laughs> do. But it, it is not without hesitation that I accept this relationship. Well, let me put it this way. I mean, so much of this show that we should be taking far more seriously because it is dealing with a very serious issue. It is, absolutely. However, it, it, it there are so many things wrong with it that you end up in gales of laughter periodically. Oh, you absolutely and, do. It's quite it frustrating. is at the bottom of a lot of that laugh. <laughs> it's like it really is. This and, character and other, who... The other female. Yeah, oh my God. And Martika, yes. Oh my Martika, God. the girlfriend. I mean, our introduction to her, you know, standing there in those high heel shoes and that short dress with the gun and the, know. You know, trying to be tough. And you're just like, oh, oh honey, no. This just doesn't, this doesn't fit you. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I died. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's weird right from the start. 
Uh, and so Frank has got an issue because he's trying to, uh, he calls up, uh, Frank has got an issue because he calls up lifeguard to, you know, find out more about what's going on with the plane and Michael Santana because of this suspicious stuff that's going on. Because again, he now has photographs of Santana working at the place connected to the company that he said he knew nothing about. You know, Michael, oh, right. And Michael has a conf- uh, conversation about Cecil, uh, with Cecil. And she, and he's like, how can you be working for Maximilian? He's a monstrous villain. And she's like, you're working here too. <laughs> Which is actually a pretty good response. And she doesn't believe that he's into anything shady. She does. She believes he is just a banker who does philanthropy, right? She truly believes that he is just like a high class banker who does a lot of philanthropic goods. So yeah, like you can't say that she is involved in the criminal stuff yet. But uh, Mike, sorry, uh, Mike says to Frank, "Watch out! Uh, I ran those names. Uh, you know, I ran the, these names and this company." And suddenly, like, the hammer came down. Like, all of this stuff was put on lockdown, and I don't know why. And literally just then, the FBI and the CIA bust in to take Frank into custody. (laughs) Oof. And we find out what we've, you know, basically been hinting at all along. They can't do anything to Maximilian because he works for the CIA. Because he's never stopped working with the CIA. Because he got hooked up with the CIA over the whole Bay of Pigs thing. And he's just been their full-time contractor ever since. And the thing is, the CIA does a lot of monstrously illegal stuff in Central America and South America. Like, just monstrously horrific and evil stuff. And they need, like, they need to do it hands-off. Right? Because the U.S. government can't say it's operating there. And so they need people with private corporations to funnel all of these arms and drugs through. And that is why this airline, this air freight company is so vital. Uh, So yeah, like the show isn't shying away from its politics. The CIA are openly the villains of this story. And like, for for, for whatever happens, uh, for whatever happens with all of the characters, it is like no one ever loses sight of the fact that, you know, Maximilian doesn't have the like has the cover to do all the illegal stuff he's doing because he's an employee of the federal government. Like they could make him go away anytime they wanted to, but he's useful for all the illegal crap they do. So he gets he gets to do whatever he wants. And, and course, all the money, all the money stuff, right? Exactly. They need to funny funnel government money and then money that comes from other yeah sources they need to clean and move and it's like him having an international bank is the per like this man owns both a bank and an air freight company he is literally the ideal partner for the cia and they have put him in these things like they have made it possible for him to run this way and it's it's very well observed yeah, no, and we find this all out in these first two episodes. Yeah, we well, I mean, that's what you we know, get into because because we're not we're we're not doing this chronologically. These two episodes, we're all over no, no. the place with these. Two we're episodes. all over the place, and as we see scenes that remind us of things. Yeah, and uh, what happens, of course, is that you know, um, the the they decide they're going to send Frank back. Frank back. And Frank escapes from the airport. Yeah, Frank uh, punches out one of the agents. 
and jumps out the back of a plane. And I'm like, while it's still, while it's, while still it's still on the, the while it's still on the runway, while it's still taxiing. It's not like he yeah. you know, like gets an, like a, uh, a parachute or something. No, like no. he's, no, no, he's no. being safe about this. Don't worry. Uh, but <laughs> what's funny can. is. Yeah, and then it's, he get onto a, a luggage carrier. A luggage carrier, so they can't chase him down. Yeah, it's a nice scene. Uh, yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's an action scene that feels so completely different from the show Wise Guy. As you say, it's like I'm watching Miami Vice. Yeah. And this is like, from the beginning of the show, right? You had the argument between the the network wanting an action crime show and the staff of wise guy and the producers of wise guy wanting to do, you know, a really, really brilliant in-depth look at crime and a criticism of American imperialism and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it was three seasons when we watched and we have covered three seasons of the people running the show winning every fight. Yeah. They really, I mean, if not every, almost every, winning almost every fight and getting to make the show they wanted to make. And now you see what happens when the network gets its way. Yeah, and the thing is, is yes, as I said, you can just see the pitch. Remember, we used to talk about the pitch with, with Sonny Steelgrave, the initial pitch, right? Yeah. And then you can see the pitch for this season, you know? But I'm telling you, the, you know what the real problem is with Frank? He's yep. not the kind of guy that's going to jump out of an airplane. No, that's and just not away. who his character is. Like It just doesn't work like that. He doesn't have the physique. He doesn't have the physicality. Yeah, it just, just looks weird seeing him doing yeah. it. <laughs> no, I don't care that he's wearing a mustache and a beard. Yeah, like you that's know? just not who Jonathan Banks is. Yes. That's just Jonathan. not who Frank McPike is. No. Like, and he's never been that. You know, he's played a goon in movies, but he's just never been an action guy. No, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you know, yes, okay, this is all very well and good, but you could have seen Tom Cruise doing it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It would have been entirely different. Arnold Schwarzenegger literally does this in the movie Commando. And it's like suddenly watching Frank do this. And I mean, to use to just drop the kind of people who used to be in TV shows... If I had seen Joe Penny doing this, I'd be like, yep, that's the kind of thing Joe Penny of Jake and the Fat Man would have done. Like 100%. But Frank McPike? Jonathan Banks? No! Vinny could have done it. Vinny could have done it. But no, like suddenly he's doing action beats. It just, it doesn't make sense. It's just frustrating. Yeah, because you just, you've lost. As I said, they could have just brought they could have kept frank on as regional director and brought somebody else to be else in to be the handler yeah 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 like segue out uh segue out their boss right and then have frank be the boss you know that that could have worked that could have worked and but trying to plug frank into this context where the actor doesn't make sense and the character doesn't make sense it hurts the show yeah, and you could have seen like I could have like we we could have rewritten this fourth season. Oh yeah, um, there's yeah, a, there's yeah. a way they could have made this stuff. Yeah, yeah, because you could have seen all sorts of tension between Frank in his new position yeah. and what he really sort of wants to do, but he now has to do this. Yeah, right. And then the new guy who's not quite up to Frank's 
standards. Standards, yeah. right? But he's come to Frank with this situation, you know, and he's got this guy, Stephen. On the inside. Uh, yeah. Like there's a way to do this. There's it's... a way to do this with Santana. Yeah. Right? That that would have worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, and would have made kept Frank being Frank. But yeah. so much of or not some yeah, I mean you know, a decent amount of the like the problems with this season is the stuff they're having Frank do, and it just doesn't feel like him. He just doesn't fit in this kind of a show. The character they've spent all of this time building and yeah. establishing just doesn't belong in this kind of show. No. Yeah, it's very frustrating. No, no, he belongs, but at a certain position. That's like, true, yes. He, like I, I could You're right. There there could have been a place for him. Yeah. But not I, the one they're using. Yeah, but not the one they've created because even because now we're going to get to the scene where he you know Oh my god, uh, where he where he's being chased by the CIA and he goes to confront Michael and he like cuts the boat loose so they go floating away from the CIA and I'm like, this is Frank McPike? No, this is Vinny. <laughs> this is the kind of crap Vinny would pull. How do you not know this? They don't know what to do with these characters suddenly. But anyway, so obviously he confronts Stephen Bauer about the airline and Stephen Bauer says that, yes, he was working with Vinny. Yes, they were trying to get into the, uh, uh, trying to find out about this death squad. And he didn't know if he could trust Frank. And it's like, he doesn't, you know, he's not sure of what's going on. So now he's gone to the airport himself to find out what the airport, uh, the airline himself, to find out what the airport is involved in and maybe what his dad is involved in. Because this is all incredibly personal for him. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, they have a good scene together. I mean, it has the problem that this whole season has, is that there is no... The writing is inelegant. Yes. And we haven't talked about it. It's like, there is a lot of people just saying what they mean in all of these episodes. Uh, any any elegance that existed in Wise Guy's writing no longer exists starting this season. So I would assume the writing room has moved on to better and more productive I would season. hope, you know, I would hope that that's for this happen. season. Yeah. That, so they had to get sort of a new and, and Stephen J. Cannell kind of washed his hands of the rest of it. Frankly. Oh, clearly. Yeah. They washed their hands of it. And yeah. yeah. And then they, uh, they just let him try to keep doing the show. And that's the thing. Like they were like, let's, let's just try to do the show. So we get a showdown. Frank goes to the FBI, brings them everything. He and Stephen Bauer, uh, know, and they go to the CIA and they, as a team, like the regional director for Florida, right? Yeah. And Frank go to talk to the CIA and just demand, like, we've got people possibly involved in murdering an FBI agent. You've got to turn these guys and you're covering for them. You've got to make sure they get turned this o uh, turned over right now. And as he says, unless you want the FBI to go to war with the CIA. And that is a legitimate threat. Yeah, well, it was interesting because they did see, and this gets slid over in some ways, right? Because you get that position of the CIA. The FBI was always in control of internal, the yeah. CIA external, external. And the CIA pushed, right? Yep. To, During to this have whole that period. changed. Yeah. yeah. The have, CIA wanted to be able to operate. In inside the United, the United States. States. Yeah. And let's face it, with all the stuff they did in Cuba and with the mob, they were operating. Yeah. 
in the oh, United States. Know. Yeah, we we and know we, some of the, the stuff cartels. The cartels. Oh yeah, so, their drug well, cartel stuff is. Well, Nicaragua it'll come up later. Shelby. Yeah, we can talk about Nicaragua, but we will come <laughs> up with it later. It's going on. So, and the justification that the CIA has for doing all of these things. And they just buy. It, 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 is, it is this geopolitical nightmare. Oh, God, yeah. You know, that... Oh. So let's, let's move on. So the father goes and talks to the pilot. Yeah. Who flew these guys. Right? Oh, no, no, that's that's in a bit. Uh, first, right, uh, because uh, first what happens is we get the scene of Frank going down to the bar, oh, yeah. okay. looking for Michael and having his conversation with Martika. Meanwhile, Michael is off seeing Cecil and trying to warn her away from keeping work. Like, he doesn't, it's this weird situation because obviously they used to be in a relationship, obviously still cares about her, but fundamentally he wants to get her, he wants to thread the needle of getting her away from Guzman, uh, Guzman yeah. without telling her like what he knows and how he knows it. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, you just have to trust me. And of course she is yeah. not so, like, psyched about doing that because of the way he betrayed her at trial. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, when I did that stupid thing, you abandoned me as well. You know, so it's like we've each, we've all got sins to atone for here, lady. Uh, and, you know, he's not completely wrong. She did dump him pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, she but turned I mean, back on him right away. Like, like yeah. immediately. Yeah, it immediately. Was, yeah, because it, yeah, was our, it was our, it would change it her career as well. Yeah, if she hadn't. And that that is her defense. And honestly, it's not an uncompelling defense. No. And besides, She's not completely wrong that uh, he screwed her just yeah. as profoundly. Yeah, because what happens is, is you never got the impression that they'd had this serious, serious affair no. going on, sort of. I mean, that, that all changes in subsequent yeah. episodes. In but, subsequent episodes that we see how involved point, they were. But at this point, you're not... You, right. so, you know, yeah. The next day, the CIA has come through. They've uh, supposedly turned, they've come to turn over the guys. So Frank goes to come and, oh yeah, it's, we're actually just turning over corpses. Yeah, here. Yeah, they, they, they resisted arrest. They resisted arrest and they got executed with shots in the middle of their forehead. Exactly <laughs> as people who resist arrest often do. Yeah, and so Frank is pissed about this, so he investigates the bodies, and um, he noticed, right, and this is something he keeps doing, he noticed that the hand that left the white hand in Vinny's uh, apartment, house, sorry, house is exactly the same size as uh, as his hand, right, yeah. and so he's been, so he tests the the guy's various hands against his hand, and none of them are the same size. Yeah. So he knows the there was at least one more guy in the uh in the goon squad that abducted Vinny. Yeah. And oh, also, uh Vinny <laughs> Right, also, uh the guy has Vinny's cross. So yeah, it's pretty obvious what happened. Like there's there's no there's no getting around it. Vinny was snatched by these goons, and there Frank can't, you know, pretend that didn't happen anymore. So he is understandably pissed off that not only is his best friend probably dead, but the guys who could have told him what happened have also been murdered to cover it up. So yeah, Frank's in a bad situation. 
but he does know, he is certain, that there was at least one other guy on the flight that got them there. And this is what sets up the end of the show. Right? He try where uh, he tries to... He gets uh, tells Michael about this. Michael confronts his father, and then Michael's father goes and orders the pilot. And the pilot says, "You know, I do shady stuff for Guzman all the time, right?" I just Why have, yeah. You, you were all and you know. yes yeah I I uh, and we never talk about it. So I thought you didn't want to know. And he's like, "Well, now I want to know." The guy's like, "Well, you're the boss," and he tells him who was on the flight. And spoiler alert: it's the Salvadoran general, right? It's the Salvadoran general. Who uh, brought the two dead? Uh, who brought the two dead bodies? Surprising no one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, surprising no one. What? It's a character we've already met. How convenient! They don't have to hire another actor. <laughs> <laughs> and you ask, and you ask, dear audience, why we know that they had their budget cut. <laughs> I know, right? What a happy coincidence. And so they go and they bust him and Frank just wants to execute him. But Michael's like, uh, no, don't do it. Then he gives him the, then you're as bad as he is speech. And, <laughs> and you will destroy your life just like I did mine. Yeah, exactly. When I, when I crossed the, the line, only I destroyed thing, my life. Yes, that's the only thing that justifies that speech. Exactly. Is that, is that he has actually ruined his life cutting corners. Cutting corners. Yeah. Uh, yes. But like the the platitudes about like him, you being as bad as him. Of course, I'm not as bad as him. That's insane. He's a murderer. He's a murderer for a Central American dictatorship who killed my best friend for trying to avenge a dead priest. And I'm just going to shoot him. No, I'm not as bad as he is, but I don't want to destroy my life. So, yeah, there you go. There Frank you. does listen to reason. But yeah, like the, the whole start of the thing is such bonkers nonsense. <laughs> you're as bad as he is. Oh, you're not. Oh my God. Uh, but they arrest him and they get him thrown in jail. Right. And it looks like, hey, it looks like things are getting settled. Right. It looks like things are going to be, uh, it looks like things are going to be wrapped up neatly. Except. The CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Our CIA agent in Havana. Not in Havana, in Miami. I mean, in Miami. Oh, yeah. I was thinking our man in Havana. Never mind. Yeah, I know. He yeah. goes to, uh, he goes to see, uh, he goes to see Guzman and Guzman is like, uh, are you going to let this entire operation be destroyed? Because if they're trying, if they're connecting me to this murder, this guy knows a lot of stuff. What use of I am to you? I'm cutting off the government, you know, no flights, no banking, nothing. And the government, and this is one of those situations where like the CIA always believes that it's running these people, but you reach a point where you rely on them so much that are these drug kingpins running the CIA? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just becomes one big incestuous organization where it's not really cool. Well, clear who's in charge anymore. Except in this scene, when it's clearly Guzman who's in charge. Yes. And our CIA gives us, well, I understand you do. He said they're going to send them off yep. to, uh, to New York. And I understand you do have other Marialitos in uh, jail. Yes. 
<laughs> he gets him all of the information Maybe. about when and where the colonel is going to be. And yeah. so then we cut to Vinny's funeral and Frank revealing to everybody uh, in his life who didn't know that Vinny had been an FBI agent the entire time, which is, it's a nice scene. Yeah. You know, everybody's assuming he's dead and he was killed by these guys. And so, and it's actually a very nice scene of Carlotta being vindicated, you know, yeah. <laughs> in everyone's eyes. But it is notable that the, because of these rumors about him, it is notable that the church isn't exactly packed for Vinny's funeral. Yeah. And uh, the, and I mean, and this is just us personally thing. There's no way on earth Amber's not there. You know, <laughs> realistically. Know. How is Amber not there? But they, you know how much they would It's a budget. I know, I know. It's a budget thing. I know it's a budget thing. I just, I wanted to mention that how on earth is Amber not at Vinny's funeral? <laughs> Crying on. with Carlos. I know, with Carlotta and, and Don Ayupo, you know? There's no way that that woman isn't at Vinny's funeral. But anyway, well, that's another... <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not even worth getting upset over. It's just, it really does show you the budget, that the budget limitations they were dealing with this year. Yes, and all I can say is, and you can also tell that we don't have a lot to talk about in these two episodes. <laughs> Well, no, like, is it, and that's the problem. There's no, there's going to be some interesting stuff later on about Cuba and about how that kind of nationalism is manipulated, right, yeah. to further the purposes of American imperialism. Like, there's interesting stuff coming, but this episode is just plot, 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 establishing character, establishing character, and then just characters saying exactly what they're feeling all the time. Like it is not, it is not complicated television. It is not particularly intriguing television. It is just a regular action show. Oh yeah, like, like like guess what? These this these these essentially two hour this hour and twenty five. I mean, we joke, but these 30. could have been episodes of Miami Vice. Yeah, without oh, yeah. too much rewriting. They had so, yeah, their own like, kingpins. They just need this kingpin. Exactly. This has just been another one of the the drug kingpins that Crockett and Tubbs faced off against. And it's the kind of thing that he, that they would have faced off against, you know? So yeah, it's, it's dispiriting in a lot of ways. Seeing well, this guy reduced to I, Miami vice. Yeah. And that's, that is very problematic because there is no way that Stephen Bauer and Frank, I mean, I mean, Santana and McPike are... Are Crockett and Tubbs. <laughs> That's just not what this show is. That's not who those actors are. It's not what the show could be. Like, it's it's pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more than anything else. It's our own frustration. Yeah, it's I mean, them it, trying to cram this thing into a pre-existing mold, and it just doesn't fit. Yeah, and it, it, is, it is interesting because, as I've said, and even when I was watching it, you know, I'm going, yeah, if this had just not, they had started a new show starring Stephen Bauer. Yeah, I'd watch that show. I like Stephen Bauer. You know, and and maybe you could have done some undercover work, but or something. I don't well, know, something, but just don't. Just wait until, like, we're being very coy, but let's just say that they, they do something right at the end of the show that is very like it, it shows just how much they know the if you're wondering are we projecting or did even they know it wasn't working let's just say they knew and we have good reason to know 
that they knew it wasn't working. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that for now, because we cut to the next scene after Vinny's funeral, and it's not even really a scene, it's just a quick cut into, yeah, uh, the the general gets murdered in the New York prison. Yeah. He gets uh, stabbed and thrown over a balcony, and I'm like, I feel like having great big open balconies isn't a good idea in these prisons. In a prison. Yeah, well, things have changed, but... Hopefully. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure he's left Miami yet. He's on okay. his way out. He might be on his way out, yeah. Yeah, he's not in New York. Oh, you're right, he's not even in New York yet. But the point is, I, I feel like having big open balconies to toss someone over in yeah. the middle of a jail, probably not the best idea, is, no. is what I would argue. But he's dead. Vinny's probably dead, as they say, in all likelihood. He just got thrown out of a plane on the way to uh, El Salvador. So yeah. Vinny's dead, probably. This guy's dead. And the villain has the CIA's full backing, so there's nothing they can do to touch him, as far as we know. Now, obviously, the rest of the show <laughs> arc we're going to talk about is maybe he's not so untouchable. And you know what? We'll get there. Uh, but for now, just FYI, um, don't get too entranced with all of this. None of it means anything. It all gets uh, it all gets overwritten later. None of this actually happened. You will see Vinny again. Don't worry. <laughs> he didn't die. Although... He didn't die. And honestly, probably none of this ever happened. <laughs> They're coy about it, but there's a good chance none of this ever actually happened. Uh, but we'll talk about we'll talk about that after season four. <laughs> Oh my god, this show. Alright, so, uh, that's that for Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. The first episode, well, the first two episodes of season four of Wise Guy. And may you find it as funny as we did. I mean, I hope you can, and I hope we're not too mean, but it's like, it's just watching it turn into a show that is so much less than Wise Guy was. Because Wise Guy was so special and so different, and there's so like nothing else like it on television. Again, apart from the art, like inventing the story arc, yeah. right in American television, how openly anti-imperialist it was. Yeah, this the thing that we discovered while watching it. This time. While watching it this time and talking, like anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist. It is not an accident. That, like, no one ever gets to come up with a response, a real response, to Sonny Steelgrave's points. Yeah, you know, and I, it, it, is, it is extraordinarily interesting. It's, as I said, except, and the point is, is that most of our audience will miss some <laughs> of what we're saying because they haven't seen Miami Vice. Yes. Yeah. Like, right. I, I mean, <laughs> it. It. You have to balance this six episodes, sort of, and even the even though it's an arc and it's an undercover thing. Yeah. Um. We we keep talking about Miami Vice. <laughs> and but you I can't. Sure. You can't contextualize this show without talking about my hand. No, no. And and I will say that at the end of this this um at arc. the end of this arc, this sex episode, the reason, yeah. right? The the reason they moved on, I will tell you that we are now coming up onto some pretty disgusting 
dis, dis, well, we've already had it. We didn't talk about that, actually, yeah. about how the father did tell Stephen Bauer in his father's talk. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. About how the father says what he goes to the bar and he says, well, you know, in the beginning, we just did kind of, you know, a few things. And I guess I've kind of, I just let it slide because yeah. it was the best. It was all, it was cause. the best and it's all for the cause. And, and I, then, yeah. and at a certain point, you know, are we doing these bad things just to do them? Yeah. Um, so we, his father, yeah. this is his heart to heart that his father has had with him. Yeah. That he's because he was completely yeah, shocked, is, I think by what he was told by the pilot. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't hear what the pilot says to him. No. The pilot no, just but, whispers it in his ear. And yeah, we don't hear what the pilot said. And so we just get the scene at the bar. You're right, that we did gloss over, which is another good scene, absolutely, where his father yeah. has been shaken by what he heard, and that's why he tells Santana about the general. Yeah. He tells him because right? Simply because he really did on some level, right? Think that this was all for the greater good. But at a certain point, like, what does that mean? If yeah. you're actively the villain, what greater good are you even fighting for anymore? Yeah. And that is the, that is the question he's starting to ask himself, which is going to come up more later. Again, yeah. it's not like this is all bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> like they'd still doing good dramatic work sometimes. And it's, you can argue that that scene with his father is the thing that has like the most dramatic weight in the entire episode. I would think because, so. Because let's face it, the, the funeral scene is not as impactful as you want it to be. Well, they do their best to say goodbye to Vinny, but it just, it doesn't hit you anywhere you live because it did so, make me cry. You no, know, it just doesn't because we know what an in, what a fascinating and complicated man Vinny was, and eulogize him by saying that he was a hero for the FBI is such like it's such an insulting way to treat the character. Yeah, because that is such a tiny portion of who he was and all of the problems he had with the FBI and all of the complicated relationships he had with power and these powerful men that he got. Uh, tangled up with to just simply whitewash it all and say he was a heroic FBI agent it's kind of insulting to the man's memory I would argue well I would argue that too and we all know um, that I, I it was well you know yes he had to quit Terranova yeah. had to quit um Ken Wall yeah. Ken I mean, Wall he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't do it anymore. He was too sick. It's sort of like Jeffrey Sinclair. Yeah. He was Except just, this was entirely a physical ailment. Yeah. And well, yes, but then that has an impact on your mental health. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just There's saying no that the key reason he had to quit was the physical stuff. Yeah. He just and couldn't the, do it anymore. And um his back and legs were shot. Yeah, he couldn't jump out of the plane. Yeah, exactly. We say, we say, we say Vinny could have. Yeah, but Ken Wall couldn't. No, Vinny could have Ken Wall. Exactly. So I think that, I think that, but I, I suspect that it was very problematic for them to, how to say goodbye. Yeah. 
Well, no, and that's what they struggle with because it's like Ken Wall's not coming back, so they're not doing a thing where Ken Wall went off and got another job, and so they want to use the story of Ken of Vinny's departure as a way to hand things over to Michael Santana, and they do their best, but like this all comes out of such left field for everything we know about Vinny as a character, other than he is devoted to the Catholic Church. And he would obviously do anything for an old friend of his brother's. But at the same time, we just played the old friend of his brother's card at the end of last season to wrap up Vinny's arc. Now we're doing it again? Like, Well, this was yeah, this was an old friend. That was just... A, a well, no, what, I mean, no, this is a guy he went to seminary with. But they were both old friends of his. It's just yes. one of them is a guy he went to seminary with and one is a guy he used to see at meetings. But still... Well, like, you know what my line was? Yeah. When I was when I was listening to this again, and as I'm watching this again, and my line is, "Vinny, why didn't you just go into the church? <laughs> you could have. probably would have been happier there. You know, after all of this, you come out of the FBI, and you're so cynical, and you don't know if there's anything. So you go off to the monastery, and you spend a whole bunch of time because that clearly is this is the next best thing because he's already been helping and everything yeah. else, and. So, um, no, him, him, honestly, you're right. Running off and joining the church would have been a believable off ramp for the character, yeah, just based on who he is. Surprisingly, it it never ever would have dawned on me before, but But when I it's funny this time, it was just different, yeah. The whole, the whole thing, I caught it differently, and I thought that would have been a perfect off ramp that he has decided he's he has gone into retreat and then eventually he becomes a priest because he just cannot that's the only way to deal with his guilt yeah it's the only way to um expiate all of these sins and to go back and take care of well and i think the key part is it gives him like becoming a priest would give him this kind of moral clarity that he craves mm-hmm. you know and of course it wouldn't stay that way he would obvious obviously become a leftist priest the way his brother was and the yes. way the guy with the bells is but it would have been in a context where it would have made more sense well it's it hard to be a leftist cop it's not that hard to be a leftist priest no and that would have Yes, and he would have been accepted even given his background. Oh, yeah. You know, and his brother was a priest. And just think how happy Carlotta and Donald would have been. I know. You know, okay, so he's not going to get married. I'll never have grandchildren, but I wasn't going to have grandchildren anyway, given the way Vinny was. And now Vinny is happy. God is happy. Carlotta is happy. What more do you want? No, that would have been. But of course, it wouldn't have set up the Stephen Bauer thing. No, it wouldn't have. Okay. And, and but I mean, you could have done your own thing. Do it differently. You yeah, don't just have to do tie it. Vinny in. No, and Vinny, and as I said, it, it's funny. I mean, I never thought of it ever. No, but it, it makes sense the way you describe it. The way you know it never. But given that last arc mm-hmm. at the end of season three, it would have been perfect. Yeah. That they actually set it up that yes. after that he just had to go to the church he had to go to her. that he the bells to... were a sign you mm-hmm. know and god but saved Fra- the bells were a sign and god saved frank 
And therefore, because because Vinnie prayed that God God sh- should save Frank, God saved. He gives his Frank, life to God. Yeah, and he gives his life to God. I tell you, it was a perfect setup. Yeah, they actually it actually <laughs> you know? was. Yeah, we hadn't thought about it before, but you're completely right. That would have been that. a perfect setup. Yeah, because we. All right. <laughs> Sadly, this is yet another one we don't have the power to rewrite. No. Uh, so join us back here next week for uh the second one is black gold what's the third one called oh i don't know i don't have oh i was going to say uh, my disc the gift no i i went and i checked it's uh so we're watching 402 and 403 which is black gold and the gift next week so if you're watching along with us uh you know just those are the episodes you got to check out for now though I want to thank you for listening and say that if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you think we ought to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you were listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, we would love it if you would rate and review it because that is how people find the show. We're going to see you back here next time for those episodes of Wise Guy. And of course, um, is Vincenzo still happening on tuesdays i think it is oh yeah yeah vincenzo oh you're right that's such a long show uh vincenzo's still happening on tuesday so uh be sure to check that out it's a masterpiece right that's yeah. also about a character named vincenzo so that's two masterpieces with care about characters named vincenzo don't know how that happened but it worked out perfectly for us uh check that out and we'll see you back here next wednesday uh for more wise guy see you then but until then au revoir and have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.